Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, the NFL season is in full swing and you might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. What's up y'all, it's your man Lloyd Spence and I am excited about all the things that's going on at betonline.ag. Some incredible lines this week. You got to go check them out. From the game spreads and the totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always my favorite, the online casino as well, because it never closes. So, Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Tell them your man Lloyd sent you on over. Hey, everybody, it's Lloyd Spence. And listen, I got to tell you, you're missing out on all the fun because you're not on the Noisemakers page. That's right, the Noisemakers page. You're missing out on great shows like the daily podcast, Talking Noise. Believe in the ACC, the five with the five crew, uncorked wine on Saturday nights, and now daddy and the girls on Saturdays, and I still do with me and Mrs. Noise. Come on, guys. You got to get over to the Noisemakers page. Facebook, that's where we are, facebook.com forward slash Noise Media Makers. That's facebook.com noise media makers get on over there and, and join the community and have a good time every day on the noise makers page i'll see you there you are now listening to believe in the acc with my husband mr talking noise lloyd spence and our brother heisman trophy and florida state legend charlie ward and now lloyd and Charlie. Go get them, fellas. When I tell you this was an incredible ACC weekend, you got to believe me. <laughs> How you doing, man? This is Lloyd Spence. I'm Charlie Ward. This is Believe in the ACC. And we got a lot to talk about today. What an incredible, incredible football weekend. Uh, man, so much to cover. But first, let me reach out to my co-host, Charlie Ward. How you doing, my brother? How's our life treating you? Uh, we hanging in here. Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, did you enjoy the weekend? Did you enjoy the sports weekend? Yes, uh very competitive games. Uh, some were really competitive. Some were okay, and then some. <laughs> I think I know the one you're talking about that you <laughs> might not be real happy with. <laughs> Listen, we got a lot to cover, so let's jump right in. Man, Miami had an impressive game against North Carolina State. I got to be honest with you. I thought Miami was going down. I really, really thought Miami was going down. But shout out to uh, DJ, who, who was steady. Man, he was so steady. He pretty much single-handedly won that game himself. I mean, he just – he could not – he and Mike Harley could not have played better if they tried in that comeback. I mean, they just did phenomenal things. I don't know. What do you think the slow start was to that game, though? Uh, well, of course, they they were off the week before. Uh, so some of that probably had something to do with it. And then NC State, you know, they played well. Uh, came out and played well. So they had something to do with it as well. Uh, but, you know, that's one of the things I <clears throat> admire about DJ is when people doubt him the most, you know, they were talking about he couldn't throw the long ball and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, he just proved that, I mean, he has all the throws. Uh, he makes plays whenever he needs to. Yeah. And then their defense, of course, uh, played well uh, when they needed him uh, down the stretch. Uh, so I just think it was a very good, solid win on the road. People underestimate that uh, quite a bit, especially against a quality opponent. Uh, a lot of people underestimate that. And so – 
whenever you can win on the road, you'll definitely take it and uh, run run home with it. Listen, I listen. Everybody, I the one. It's rare that you can watch a game and then you go, "Well, really, everybody played pretty well." <laughs> I mean, the defenses weren't great, but they were, but they, but they were solid enough. Uh, it just, but this, but listen, these were two good offensive games. I mean, Derek, four hundred and thirty yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, incredible. But Bailey Hockman. 248 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw the one pick, but but a solid game by him as well. Just everybody did a really, really good job. I was impressed by both teams Friday night. Uh, it was awesome to watch them perform at such a high level. I don't think anybody saw that score coming because uh, NC State is – I mean, they played well all season long, re- reasonably well, but I don't know if they, anybody saw 41 points being put up by that team. Well – I mean, you know, in this day and age, you never know uh, unless you have great statistics behind you. Uh, but they've given up 41. I mean, uh, Miami's given up some points yeah. against, you know, quality teams as well. Uh, but it was uh, just very interesting uh, because when Miami started to take kind of take over the game, uh, De'Aaron threw some – some some dimes for sure. Oh. Uh, you know, just balls that I mean, they're just good balls. I mean, hey, good good passes that you normally can't defend, and, and they were catching them at a rate, you know, some tough catches. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. They were amazing. They were easy catches, and so you know that's kind of kind of the thing that you admire the most is you know some great passes. And just some great catches to to be able to beat you. That's kind of what you want. Yeah, I think De'Aaron has played himself into next year's Heisman conversation. I don't think he, I don't think he can get it this year because of the record, but I think next year he's got to be considered. This is his last year. Oh, is this his last? Is he a senior? I want to say he played as a freshman, true freshman. Why I think he was a junior. Wow. No, I, I don't know why I thought he was a junior. Okay. Yeah, I think this so, is last year. So this is, so he'll be a senior. Wow. Yeah, well just, listen. Um I think I so. have a feeling he's gonna be on somebody's NFL roster. Yeah. And then again, he may I don't know. He may be. I think I don't know why I thought he was you know what? We have we have the Google. We'll use the Google and see what his uh what his status is. But listen, if nothing else. The kid has played himself onto somebody's NFL roster. I, I, I think there's something there. There's definitely something there that is worth. If you're an NFL team, there's something there worth exploring. This kid is the real thing, man. He is the real thing, and uh, I'm curious to see uh, where he's at. Yeah, he's a senior. You're absolutely right. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed by him, man. So impressed by him. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens at the end of the year. And by the way, they're still in the mix of, of an ACC championship game. And we'll get into that here in just a minute. But they're still in the mix. Yep. They're still in the mix. So <clears throat> I want to get some of the uh, other games out of the way before we get to the game of the week. Uh, Boston College, both Boston College and North Carolina got wins. Um uh, Boston College still an off an outside chance, not a great chance, but an outside chance to make a, a ACC championship run. North Carolina definitely still with a chance to get a run. Dominated Duke to the surprise of no one. Uh, you got any thoughts on any of those two games? Uh, well, I didn't see much Boston College in Syracuse, but it was a uh, tight one. It was a tight one. <laughs> It was a tight one, yeah. So, so uh, I mean, that's a good thing. It was a very tight game, um, and but the North Carolina game was not tight at all. I mean, it was a blowout from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, we kind of expected that if North Carolina, you know, came to play, and they did come to play, uh, that the game would get out of hand quickly, and it did. And so, those are two games that, you know. I think we picked. Oh, yeah. We got him correct. So. Yeah. Shout out to you, Marco. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. It's good to see you as well, brother. 
Um, let's spend a little time on these next ones, man, because I think those are the games. Uh, well, before we get to before we get to the other other two games that that we know we want to spend some time with, um, I got to talk about the Seminoles. Oh, what, what do you want to say about the Seminoles? I, it was tough, man. I don't know what's going on. Like what? What is happening with the Seminoles? Can we be realistic? Yeah, let's talk realistic. I'm, I've been trying to be realistic for two years. You have uh, for a few years. And I mean, we're at a point where we're trying to figure it all out. And I mean, people have tried to paint this picture of, you know, we're FSU, which we are, uh, but you got to be realistic sometimes. <laughs> you can see where you are. And where we are is not where we, where our expectations and thoughts of the school uh, used to be. Um, and I mean, we're at a point now where I think, you know, everyone, especially the coach, he's not trying to, trying to, trying to say he's somewhere where he's not, um, and being realistic with where they are. You know, we're, we're playing a lot of young kids now, which they found is going to be the best formula moving forward. Very similar to Georgia Tech, right? Um, and some of these other schools. Uh, that are, you know, at the bottom right now. And I just think it's, um, it's, it's tough uh, when you want to, you, you don't want to go through that, but sometimes you have to go through it in order to be able to see progress. And so we're, we're not very good. Uh, we're not mentally tough um, when it's all said and done, but I just think over the course of time, Coach Norval is uh, preparing the guys for uh, something better moving forward down the road. And so I just I, – I think it's, uh, it's par for the course when it comes to just, uh, you know, what we've been through the past three years. And now we finally have some stability in one area. And now we're working to try to get get more stability in, you know, the next area, which is you know on field performance. And you know we we have some very good, some talented players there, uh, but right now I've, I've said it and I've said it before: winning culture is the same as losing culture. Um, when you're in a winning culture, you find ways to win games. Uh, you have leaders; they find ways to make plays. Right. And when you're in a losing culture, you find ways to not make plays and miss wow. opportunities. And it just, it's like a trickle down effect. And, you know, and you just have to realize where you are. And I think Coach Norville uh, has done that. He's made mention of, uh, he's he shared it. I know it came out, you know, the other day that he's going to have to get to the bottom in order to, you know, come back up. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. But I think he's the right guy. Um, everyone can support. Uh, he, he has a great foundation that he's building uh, with the guys. And right now, I know I've been a part of a losing uh, culture and mindset and program as a coach. It is a tough, tough job when you're trying to sell your guys each and every week that you have a chance. And you feel good with practice. Going into the game, you feel like you have a chance. And then once the game hits, it's like we hadn't practiced or we hadn't talked about any, you know, fighting through adversity. And you see it. And you see it in those types of programs that don't really have what, what we would call, you know, winning culture, uh, mindset. Um, and it's going to take some time to be able to, uh, build that back up, but I think he's on the right path. Well, first of all, that's that's a glowing uh, stamp coming from a legend, so I'm sure Coach Norville appreciates that for sure. I, I think you're right, Charlie. It's it's um this is the worst possible scenario for a brand new coach that you don't get to really implement your program the way that you want to because of all of the things that are going on societally. And it just, 
it was just the worst nightmare type of situation. First year, uh, brand new system, trying to really get familiar with the program or with the players in the program. Don't really have an opportunity to see them like you want to. So you don't really know what you got. So you're kind of learning on the fly. You don't have an off season. So that, that whole off season where you could really hammer away at what you got and what you want to do, you don't have that. So they, they're feeling it. They're really feeling it. And so the teams that had continuity, they're going to play better. They're going to have better success. And I think you're seeing that. Uh, those teams are having better success. Uh, then they didn't even know, and I'm, I'm not sure when Kenny Pickett was cleared because uh, they were saying, you know, uh, as we, we were on the air, they were saying he probably wasn't going to play. Then he shows up and goes 21 for 27, 210 yards, uh, 210 uh, passing yards. Uh, but just it's tough, man, when you don't have – you can't put in what you want to put in. It's just really, really tough. But the biggest issue really wasn't their offense. It was our their defense. They yeah. really changed the tide. Uh, we had some miscommunication on a couple of plays, and then they started, you know, blitzing, uh, showing blitz and blitzing and stunting and doing all different things. And we couldn't figure out, you know, what they were doing. And so we had like three interceptions uh, on top of, you know, just not very good uh, offense. Uh, but they created a lot of things as well. Um, so, you know, they played well. They had a veteran defense, as we talked about. Yeah. Uh, and they had a week off to get healthy and also prepare. Um, and uh, it, you know, showed after the first few drives of the game, they kind of – the defense really, really – Pitt's defense really dominated the game. Yeah. And that's the strength of their team. Yeah. That is the strength of their teams. And, and, they, and they played to their strength. So I won't touch you anymore, Charlie. I know you, uh, it's tough watching this. It is uh, tough watching, but I'm realistic. Uh, you are, and I appreciate about that about you, man. You you have a good perspective about it all. Um, so we'll go on to happier moments over the weekend. <laughs> the two biggest games of the weekend, I want to spend some time talking about both. Uh, the first, obviously, was uh, Virginia Tech. First of all, let me just say, um, we told you that Liberty was for real. We tried to warn ACC fans before this game started that Liberty was for real. Now you know for yourself that Liberty is indeed for real. Malik Willis is the real thing. And by the way, I'm going to throw this out there. Don't be surprised if you hear his name mentioned in some of these Heisman conversations, because he is playing some incredible, incredible football right now. Uh, well, he was the he was the sole difference in the game. Oh, you know, just I mean, he kind of just took over uh, the um, took over the game in a sense yeah. because some of the, I mean they were getting pressure on him, but he was coming out of coming out of it the pocket. Uh, in the run game, he looked like he was stronger and faster than everyone. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where you, you look at a kid or you look at someone and they they look like they're playing with, playing with some, some guys that are younger. Yeah. And, you know, just him, the throws, some of the throws he made were, I mean, just, just amazing in the sense of, you know, putting it on the right shoulder, uh, you know, the accuracy on it. Uh, they did have some guys make some some catches as well. They ran the ball with, with efficiency, um, kept Virginia Tech all balanced. Um, and then defensively, you know, they played well enough uh, to be able to give themselves a chance. And, yeah. we were, and the best part about it uh, was, you know, their game plan, they waited. On offense, every single play, they ran the clock down to about 10 seconds. And then they called a play and they ran the play, whatever the play was. Yeah. And they would you know, not let the JTEC speed them up, which is incredible discipline. And that's just another that's another form of stalling, you know. And they made it work. You know, they stayed in front of the chains for the most part. And they didn't do anything to hurt themselves when it was all said and done. 
Shout out to Hugh Freeze, who is coaching. Man, right now, you got to say Hugh Freeze is the runaway coach of the year right now. I mean, he's doing his thing. Yeah, he is doing his thing. Him, it's, it, right now, I think it's him and Brian Kelly running neck and neck. But uh, I got to ask you about two specific moments in that game. Uh, the first was the drop pass by, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Tavion Robinson. They dropped that pass early in the fourth quarter that probably would have been uh, a touchdown. And and I thought that I thought that hurt them bad, man, because they had some momentum going. Virginia Tech was starting to really move the ball. They were getting what they wanted. They were moving the ball down the field. And when he dropped that pass, it just seemed like the air kind of came out of the team for a minute because they were doing it. They were doing it. Uh, Hidden Hooker. Hidden Hooker didn't play bad at all. He, I mean, he was 20 or 27. <laughs> he had three, uh, 20 yards passing. He played pretty well, but they had good balance. Uh, and he ran the ball well. Right. Like, he ran the ball well. So, if they, he did everything that he was supposed to do to counter a Malik Willis. But I don't know, man. I think it's just, it's, it was something about that play in that game that I felt like really was significant. Uh, to the flow and to the momentum that they had built up. Yeah, uh, they uh, like I said, Liberty limited their touches. Yeah, defense, uh, which gave their defense a chance, um, and they took advantage of their opportunities offensively. And every and when you're in that situation um, on the other side, you feel like every time you have it, you have to put some points on the board. Yeah, I do yeah, yeah. And so you sometimes you start pressing. Um, and then everything that you do is magnetized, I mean, magnified because Every state, yeah, yeah. You, you, you feel like, man, the pressure's on us, the pressure's on us, the pressure's on us. And anytime you drop a pass, I don't care if it's first down and you're in a competitive game, it's tough, uh, especially when you're trying to find offense and you're trying to move the ball. Uh, any drop pass is always a crucial moment unless you have some explosive players to be able to make up some of that. And right. they, do. Uh, they, they do have some explosive players, but, you know, when you're in a tight situation, you need guys to step up and make plays, uh, especially if you're given great opportunity. I got to ask you about the, 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 the end of the game and that sequence. Um, Liberty uh, or Virginia Tech had an opportunity to win the game. Um, and I think it was a timeout that was called uh, late in the game. And they would have scored, but they called a timeout. They didn't get a chance to score. Liberty gets the ball back, kicks the game, winning field goal. But is that is that a coaching problem or just a fluky moment? I, I mean, yeah, he scored, but – that's a tough. That's a tough moment, man. I, I I find it hard to blame really anybody in that moment because you don't know. Like you just you're doing what you you're following what is typically done in those moments. Correct. And so I didn't think the call call the timeout was the wrong call, although it looked like the wrong call in hindsight. Excuse me, but in the moment I didn't feel like it was the wrong call. But what I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh well. And like I said, anything you have to make decisions and you have to live with the consequences. And, you know, almost 95% of the coaches around normally make that time, uh, call that time out. Right before a kick uh, to try to ice the kicker. And that happens in the pros, that happens in high school, that happens in college, as we know. Yeah. So I don't think it's the right, you know, I don't think it, it was the wrong call. Um, it was just a wrong uh, situation when it came down to seeing what the outcome was. Right, right. Uh, you know, and so uh, I think if he had to do it all over again, he would he would probably do the same thing. You know, yeah. not understanding that it could have could have gotten blocked uh, in return for for a touchdown to win the game, uh, but. You know, in turn, you know, turn out to where they end up losing the game. Yeah. Uh, on a field goal, 
uh, that was just blocked. But the percentages tell you to call that timeout because yeah. the block the block is a low percentage uh, play in special teams. You don't get a lot of blocks in a season of any team. So I I, I don't know. I, I know we build, a lot of people that vilify it for that call. I just I'm just not going to join that. How, how do you? Yeah, because because he scored and you know like then. You, you trust your team, and I, I heard a lot of crazy stuff. I, personally, I just I he made he, he went with the percentages. Yeah, it, it didn't work out. It's just how it was. It happens. It it happens in every it happens in every game. Yeah, I mean, college, pro, high school. At the end of game or end of a half, if you have an extra timeout, most times you're not going to let, let it just play out. You're going to try to ice the kicker. Right. And that's just what people do. That's what coaches do. And you say, like you say, they play the percentages. And it's no different than basketball. Just take the basketball. If you have a timeout and you have a guy that's getting ready to shoot, or you have two timeouts, you have a guy that's getting ready to shoot the last shot. Or a free throw, yeah. Or a free I, throw. Yeah. You're going to call a timeout to ice the, ice the, uh, the shooter. Yeah. So, you don't know if he's going to miss or make, you know, the shot. You're just playing the percentages to that. Hopefully he misses. Uh, but if he, you know, if I don't call his timeout, you know, then it is it's a hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know the people who are talking about that's a bad. Yes, we saw the outcome, but he could have easily done done what he did the second time, the yeah. first time. One thing about it is Liberty deserved to be on that field. They are legit. They are for real, man. I, I'm so impressed by that team. And I, I got news for some people. They got a couple of more upsets coming, I believe. Yeah, I know the people on that schedule. They're, they're kind of leery. Well, but now, the one thing about it, though, I don't think they're going to catch anybody else off guard. If anybody's, you know, people know who they are now. But that, not, that may not mean anything, but people know who they are now. Yeah, I mean they do, but they still got to go out and play. And we gotta go play them. It's not chop liver, so yeah. I mean, they they do have some solid players. Uh, some you know guys has come from big time programs. Yeah. Um, and so you know Hugh Freeze has done a, an amazing job there. Uh, you know recruiting and bringing in talent to be able to play you know, at a certain level. Yeah. And, uh, so that's been great. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing where, how they see the finish up. It, it, I agree with Marco. I think, I think they got a strong chance to go undefeated. Like they're going to make the conversation at the end of the season. Very, very. Well, they do have a team. Cincinnati has a, a quality team as well. Yeah. Uh, so those would be two teams that, you know, when it's all said and done, may have a chance to, you know, at least have a be in the running or talk being talked about. Right. Or I would I don't know about the playoffs, but definitely, you know, one of those uh, big big time bowl games. Well if chaos ensues, as we often pray and hope that it does uh, in these in these conferences, then yeah, Liberty, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina teams like that, they have an outside chance to get in. It's not a big and by the way, I agree with you, Marco. Uh, it, Liberty, I, I don't know where they're going to get the money from to try to keep you Freeze there, but if they can do it, they need to find it right now because he got something going. But it's so hard to keep a coach like that when they're playing, you know, when they're coaching at this level. Like, it's really impressive. All right, this is the one, man, we got to talk about. I, I was hoping that this would be a good game. I was so excited that it was. It was everything – that we hoped it would be, and then some. Uh, and 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 I'm gonna tell you something. We have been we have been giving this kid the blues all season long. Like, when are you gonna step up? When are you gonna have that signature game? I want to start by talking about Ian Book. I want to give this young man his props and his credit. He was outstanding. I mean, outstanding. I I didn't even know he had touch like that. A few of those passes that he hit over the shoulder, uh, over to Javon McKinley, over to Avery Davis, impressive. 
And I was going, where has this been, son, all your career? Uh, well, he did play really, really well. Um, you know, I was impressed by, you know, his playmaking ability, which I think he's been doing that all season. Uh, but his ability to be able to throw on the run, uh, make some great quality throws while on the move, uh, and, you know, just understanding where he wanted to go to football, as I mentioned, talked about earlier, um, that I wasn't sure if he was capable of doing, but he knew where he wanted to go to football whenever they blitz. Um, and that's just, that's a big thing, I know, for me uh, when evaluating quarterbacks, because that means that you know the offense outside, I mean, inside out. And yeah. You know where you want to go to football. Uh, he trusted his protection. Of course, his protection was very good. Um, and he exploited, you know, Clemson uh, pass uh, coverage because they do a great job in uh, blitzing uh, four, five guys, you know, at the most to make it look like there's a lot of people blitzing but and dropping the coverage. And he took what they gave him. You know, yeah. around, he kept hitting the crossing around against those blitzers, against those uh, stunts, and allow his, his receivers to catch and, and make plays. Uh, and then he threw some nice uh, balls to uh, Avery Davis. Uh, you know, I actually coached Avery um, in the um, unarmor, unarmor All-Star game. He was nice. a quarterback uh, when I was a quarterback. I used to be the quarterback coach. Uh, the year he was there, and now he's a, he's a big-time wide receiver. And so uh, he's a very good athlete, and it was just impressive, you know. The way it was impressive. Now, I'm going to impress you right now, uh, Charlie, because DJ Ugalele, who, listen, when you pass for 439 yards, I'm going to remember your name. DJ Ugalele was in, listen, that kid, you talking about a Heisman favorite next year? 29 for 44, 439 yards. Man, listen, no disrespect to Trevor Lawrence. No disrespect to him at all. But I don't think he could have played better. Like that was, that kid is the real deal. Man. I, I agree. I mean, and as we're finding out that that the issue with Clemson, you know, they're going to move forward is not their offense because they they all they are covered. Everything they need from that respect is is their defense that's struggling. And I've always said, you know, teams. Uh, well, for Clemson's sake, for Clemson, I don't know why more teams don't spread them out uh, and force their linebackers to cover. Uh, yeah. Because they're not cover, cover guys. And so uh, you saw even with them trying to spy on uh, Ian Book uh, with one of the linebackers, middle linebackers, and it didn't work. Because I mean, he just made a quick move and he ended up, you know, getting the first, or getting more yards. Yeah. And so, I just think Clemson will be in in real trouble, uh, you know, if they make it to the playoffs uh, against you know some of the top tier teams because of their defense. Uh, I know they're missing they're missing some guys, and then they ended up uh, losing one of their uh, one of the big true freshman, I think it's Barisi, um, you know, to an injury late. Right. And so, I mean, they're right now, they're, they're injury, they're, they're down uh, from a defensive standpoint. Um, and I'm sure they'll get some of those guys back this week because everyone gets healthy against Florida State. Uh, but it's just, um, you know, seems to get healthy the week that they play Florida State. And right. that, that's just for this year. Yeah. Um, and so I just think that is their biggest issue. It's not the quarterback because we saw what DJ can do um, and Trevor Barnes would be back. And so 
I just think their biggest issue is their defense. Well, I want to throw out a uh, uh, deal with something else on the offense, though, before we jump into any other aspect of the game. Um, but they did turn it over. They turned it over. And one. And speaking of that turnover, one for turnover in particular on that on that handoff to Travis Etienne, that's the second week in a row that he had his eyes fixated on the linebacker that was coming in and not on securing the handoff solidly and making a play. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, did he hurt himself this week? Because, man, 18 for 28, that's not good at all. He did score a touchdown, but that was a you know one-yard run or whatever it was. But, man, I think these last two weeks have hurt his stock, man. He, he kind of – listen, you got to win against the quality opponents too. And you got to dominate against the quality opponents too. And this last, these last two weeks, he has not played very well. Now, I think he may have cost himself this past weekend. Well, let's be fair. <laughs> I mean, he's playing. I mean, he's running with, you know, guys, you know, offensive line-wise. Uh, they're starting to get thin there as well. Um, and, you know, you're playing against uh, – teams that are stacking the box, and that's one of the reasons why the quarterbacks had to play so well, uh, because they're giving them, you know, eight, and sometimes running nine men into the box whenever they see, you know, handoffs. And so what Clemson is starting to do is give them more options outside of the uh, run game to be able to yeah. get his hands on the football. They put them in, you know, kickoffs, put them on kickoffs. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're throwing the football to him. And so when we talk about his stock, his stock is not built around uh, his running ability from handoffs. His stock is built around just how versatile he is because now he's showing that he can do more than just be a running back. He's a, punt ret- I mean, he's a kickoff returner, and he's showing that he's improved his uh, catching ability. So uh, when we start talking about stock, is not – built around numbers. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong um, in evaluating uh, a player. We start looking at the numbers per se, but we also got to start looking at a lot of the other factors. You know, who is running behind consistently? Uh, The defense, they're geared to stop him, um, especially when they have a, a younger quarterback and the young quarterback has proven that he can carry the team passing wise. Um, and so I don't think his stock is being hurt by his performance as far as in the run game. Okay, that's interesting. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm looking at it maybe a little bit differently if, if depending on who's drafting. You know, if you're looking for that all purpose back, which seems to be the popular choice these days in the NFL, the name is Travis Etienne is exactly what you need because you can catch, you can run out the back, you know, you know in a certain scenario. Uh, but if you're looking for that, but I, I'm just thinking about his every. If you're looking for that every down back, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'd be a little concerned if I was an NFL scout or GM. I'd be concerned about his every down ability, um, as opposed why, why, to you know, using him in a different why, why would you be concerned about his every down ability? Well, because I, I want to see. I, I guess I'm looking for that dominant grown manness all the time, and and. It, it was, it, and again, you're right. That hurt a little bit in, in the in their offensive line this past weekend. But I'm looking for. I'm just looking for that from him. And he's been so dominant against lesser opponents. But I want to see him do it against the best. And 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 this weekend it wasn't there. Uh, Notre Dame's a very good defense. One, they are, they're brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Boston College, like I said, you know they held him down because they put eight men in the box. Yeah, uh, and and so, and then I guess the other thing, Charlie, not to talk about the whole thing when you lay it next to Kyrie Williams' performance, um, who you know he rushed for 140 yards this weekend. He was so good. You, you compare because we didn't go in. We we knew Kyrie would be good. We didn't know that he would outplay Stafford, uh Travis Etienne. Yeah, it's hard, hard. I mean, you can compare the numbers and those types of things, but when you start talking about the offensive lines between both of them, 
it's not apples to apples. Right, I agree with that. Yeah. Notre Dame's offensive line is much better than uh, Clemson's offensive line. And then at the end, Clemson started, you know, losing some a few other guys, and then they had to move some guys around, and and so that was um that was something that when you start looking and comparing, I mean, Notre Dame has one of the best offensive lines in the country. The, yeah, the country. yeah. Um, and they, that's what they do. I mean, they know how to get their double teams. Uh, the running backs know how to, you know, come off those double teams and hit those gaps. And, I mean, when you start looking at them, I mean, right, right now, Notre Dame's a better team overall. You know, they are, from the oh. defense uh, perspective and even some, you know, special teams and special teams. But just from an overall standpoint, they're healthier and they, um, you know, they just have a better team overall. I agree. Um uh, Ron thinks they agree with you. He said in the new NFL, he'll be a perfect every down back. So we'll see. That's going to be interesting to see how he plays, how he performs. Marco has a question. He says, playing like that, do you think it's almost a done deal that Lawrence is gone at the end of this season? Um, yes. Um, I mean, he was he was leaving anyway. I don't, yeah. I mean, people, yeah. I don't know what people keep saying. He's going to stay and all that. I I mean, I, I understand what they're saying, but it doesn't benefit him to stay. I mean, it just it wouldn't make it wouldn't make much sense. I understood what those guys, you know, who stay, uh, you know, their senior year, but it was a group of them, you know, on the same same side of the ball, and right. they have something to prove. Now, then again, Trevor may want to prove something, but this season has shown, hopefully, has shown him that it can be so unpredictable uh, with the COVID and all the different things that nothing's, you know, guaranteed. Uh, so I don't foresee him, um, you know, sticking around. But then again, there seems to be something at Clemson that people, that guys are so enamored with and they stick around when they should, you know, when, when we're thinking that they're going to be leaving. Yeah. Um, and but now I think with DJ's emergence, uh, and the way he's played the last two games, I think they've kind of seen it and he's seen it, but it may help him to say, you know, I need to leave just so he can have an opportunity. Yeah, I can't, I can't see Trevor Lawrence, uh, staying around, um, for any reason, really. I, I think he, I think I agree with you, Charlie. I feel like it's a done deal. Uh, it's so much uncertainty in this game of football. And 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 here's – I go back to the old Jay-Z line where it says, what's higher than number one? Because you're going number one in the draft. That's so, true. I mean, I don't, I, what, you, what would you be coming back for? Because the only thing you can do at this point is hurt yourself. That's true. And reveal more and more of what you can't do. And so I let them let them pay you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Let them pay you for that. So I, I, I agree with you, Charlie. I do want to ask you about this one as well. Um, the Clemson wide receivers, man, they were brilliant. They were brilliant. I, I, we expected Amari Rogers to be good, but man, Cornell Powell stepped up in a big way. And I'm telling you, they the combination was really impressive. Uh, he played like a grown man. That's he was a grown man out there. Uh, Some of them catches, he probably played himself into an NFL contract. The way he played. Yeah. I mean, he he played he played really, really well. Um actually kept them moving in the right direction. Yeah. Uh some of the catches he made, uh, you know, the throw, throw some of the great throws that were, were made, but I mean, just him behind the defense uh, was in his speed. Oh, I didn't realize he was that bad. Yeah, I didn't like, I knew he was a good receiver, but when you put him on, it's amazing when you put two teams that are high quality together, you see guys rise to the occasion. And, I mean, he, listen, that's a second-round 
minimum second round wide receiver, possibly a first round receiver. Yeah, he played. He played. He played really, really well. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, Amari made some some catches. Oh yeah. Uh, Powell was definitely you know the biggest target that he had, and I mean he played like you say a grown man. Like he caught the ball, ran physical when he after afterwards, and then showed some speed. So it was um it was just amazing. Yeah, it was. I is there anything you would have done differently in overtime with, with, with the decisions that were made? I, I honestly did not have a problem with any call that was made. Um, listen, Notre Dame was the better team. Yeah. And so when, when it got to that second overtime and they started dominating DJ the way they did, in that last last run, okay. I mean, they were better all day anyway. So I, I just thought the better team won that day. So, but is there anything you would have done differently? You know, it's it was commendable for, for, on Clemson's part. You know that they were able to find a way to be in the game because uh, early long early on Notre Dame was pretty much dominating. Oh yeah, it felt like they were dominating the game, but they kept. Ended up kicking field goals, and so that kind of get, gave Clemson, you know, that that opportunity. When you're a championship quality team and teams are kicking field goals, uh, you feel good uh, because you know a couple of touchdowns here and there, and a couple of field goals you take advantage of some field position, which they were able to do with uh, Potter uh, right. kicking field goals to keep them, you know, keep them close. Uh, that's all you can ask for. Um, and then once they got into overtime and hit the slant uh, to Powell, uh, they felt really, really good, um, especially once they came back, all the way back um, at the end. They thought they stole the momentum. Uh, but then you got Notre Dame, who's, you know, they're, they're saying we're championship quality and ready this year. Uh, they found a way, you know, found a way to uh, take the momentum back um, and make plays when they needed to make plays. And then, you know, they, they finished it off with, you know, the sacks and made it tough on DJ Yeah. Um, in, the, in, in, in the second overtime, and they didn't get a chance to even sniff out the end zone. With, yeah. It, it, I mean, they just took all that away. I got to give some love to the A.J. Davis, who, who really showed up late in that game with two massive catches, just – Really, really, uh, Ian Book hit him in, in, in that in that over the shoulder catch, which I thought was amazing, and then the, obviously the game winner, uh, the touchdown pass. But just played, he played great. He showed up and was the perfect compliment to Javon McKinley at the end of the game. Because Javon McKinley was just, I mean, my God, he was amazing. They they really they played uh, about as well as you can play. I mean, Ian Book, I did, I, I. I that was the game that we all have been waiting on him to have. Now, I don't think he does anything to his draft status. In fact, I don't think Ian Book is a – if he wants to play in the NFL, I don't think he's going to be as a quarterback. I think he's going to be as, as maybe a, uh, a receiver or a tight end or something like that. I'm telling you, that's my opinion. You don't think he, he can be like Brady Quinn? That's another uh... – Notre Dame quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and that's very, very similar uh, to uh, Ian Book. And yeah. So I can see Ian Book being a backup. I don't, I don't see him being a starter. I can right. See him Not being a backup sure. uh, somewhere. Um, I thought he played very well. Um, he did. He absolutely did. Tight end mayor, the freshman. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a not a bad football player. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. If he's willing to come in and be a Taysom Hill. Oh. Uh, Tyson Hill. Is it Tyson or Taysom? I always call him Tyson or Taysom. Tyson Hill? Yeah. Tyson. If he's willing to do something like that for a team, okay. Because uh, he can't run. He can look yeah. and run the ball. Yeah. And, and and something like that was 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 a flex kind of position type thing, maybe. I don't. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how Tyson Hill played in college. Um, I don't I, either. Yeah, I don't know. I, didn't see I didn't know how he is now. <laughs> yeah, I know him now. Yeah. Uh, but I don't see Ian Book being a multi-position player. I'm not saying he can't do it, but he throws it well enough. He makes well enough well enough decisions to be able to play the quarterback position. Now, if he was a guy that didn't make good decisions, uh, you know, throwing motion kind of jacked up, wasn't accurate, but he was just a very good football player, uh, helped his team win, then yes, I can say that. But I do see him having some qualities as an NFL uh, quarterback. Like I said, he could, he could be a good backup. Um, in the NFL, maybe second or third string. Um, mm. But I don't see him being a starter uh, day one or even a high draft pick. Yeah, no. I, 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 I'm, if he gets drafted as a quarterback at all, I'm I'm looking third, fourth, possibly even fifth round. That's accurate. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend of football agency. Man, it lived up to the hype. That's always what you want, just quality stuff. Uh, so now it leads us into our favorite game, believe in the game. Who, uh, who, who shine the brightest to you, man? I think I think I know where I'm going. Possibly the same place you're going, but let's see. Well, just as a team overall, Notre Dame, um, and, you know, I always give love to the quarterbacks or be hard on them. Uh, but Ian Book. Um, I thought he stepped up, played really, really well uh, to help his team get the victory. And so he was one of the guys who shined the brightest. Of course, Notre Dame's defense, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. They played well when they needed to, um, even though they got shredded in the passing game. But Clemson got some pros in the, in the passing game. Oh, man. Definitely. Definitely. Well, listen, mine obviously will go out join you in that day, but I'm going to give some love to DJ Ugalele. <laughs> I got to give him some love, man. Young kid under highly pressure field situation. He did not flinch at all. And I got to give him a lot of love because uh, he, he shined bright. And I'm telling you, he shot up a lot of people's draft points. I know he still got two more years before he can even consider that. But he shot up a lot of people's draft boards um, in that just on just off this one game, and I, it was it was absolutely impressive. So I got to give him some love. Uh, who shot? Who surprised you the most this weekend? Uh, they're not in the ACC, but Liberty. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Liberty surprised me. Uh, you know, they played Virginia Tech, uh, who. You know, it was a quality opponent, and we thought, you know, was very good. And but Liberty just came in and played their game, executed when they needed to execute, offense yeah. and defense, um, and they made plays when they needed it. So I would say, you know, Liberty would be a team that surprised me the most. I, I'm going to go back to uh, uh, what we said about Notre Dame, <laughs> and I'm going to give mine in book. I, we've been waiting. I, listen, I, I'm going to give you a hard time when I feel like I need to give you a hard time. But when you do well, I got to give you the props. And, man, Ian Book, I salute you, sir. You did your thing. And and probably put yourself squarely in the conversation, definitely in the ACC championship game. Uh, it looks like you're headed right there. But, man, you might have put yourself into a national championship conversation as well. It was impressive. Impressive display. Uh, Charlie, who needs a little work? Well, I'm going to go with our, our main game, um, you know, Clemson's defense. Um, I think there's, that's their weakness. They got to explore it a little bit, even though they did get pressure in some form or fashion on Ian Book. Uh, but they were able – I mean, Notre Dame was able to run the football effectively. Um, they also able to pass it effectively, um, and I just think it was uh, some it's something that they're going to have to continue to work through. Not of their fighting injuries, yeah. Uh, you know, on top of that, 
So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much. Uh, I'm not sure if Florida State will give them a, a run, uh, but you know, moving forward, playoff, will their defense be able to step up um, and, and can and continue to play the way we know them to play? Yeah. Uh, against very good competition. But now that they play some quality offenses, you know, first half of BC, all of Notre Dame, uh, going back to, you know, it's a different team, but, you know, LSU, the way they, of course, LSU had a bunch of pros on the field. But just being able to um, see where they are and their weaknesses and the different things that they're doing, I just think they need a little bit more work. Uh, but they also need some guys to step up, you know, because they have guys who's injured and, and different guys are starting to play. Um, those guys need to, you know, they need a little bit more work. You know, I'm going to give mine to Miami uh, and more specifically the Miami offense. And I know that's a weird statement to make, seeing the way DJ uh, played this weekend. But, but that's a lot of pressure to put on one player. And – Something is not clicking early in games, uh, and they and they keep they keep falling behind in games, and then asking one guy to rescue you like Superman. Uh, they got to get some consistency in that early part of the game, uh, and, and, and it's been that way since the Louisville game. Like it's just something is not gelling. Now, I'm not sure what it is, but 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 if they can if they can find. Uh, some consistency in that offense and, and and explosiveness in that offense, but rediscovering early, they have a shot to really make a run here. Because it's all set up before now. But but it, but they gotta find that they can't keep falling falling it works against the NC State. It doesn't work against the Notre Dame. It doesn't work against the Clemson when you fall behind early and now you gotta fight your way back. That's a tough thing to do. And so I they need to find that and and, and just Tweak that offense a little bit. Find ways to get off to a a, a better start so that they can move. You know, then you can give it to DJ and say, "Okay, go win it for it." But, but it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough if they keep. They're going to make their way tough if they keep playing like this. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, who needs a lot of work at this point in the season? You know, all I got. My Seminoles. You're hard on your Seminoles, man. You're hard on them. Well, I'm just, they, they need a lot of work. They need um, a lot of work. So we're almost at the bottom, which Coach Norva said, you know, we're going to have to go to the bottom to build it back up. That's where we're heading. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's, it's not because they're not willing to work or it's just where we are. Um, yeah. And so they – you know, offensive line-wise, I think they, they have guys that they're very comfortable with, some young guys. Um, I didn't know, you know, it was like we're playing with 75 or 80% of our guys are freshmen and sophomores uh, that's getting wow. an opportunity to play. Wow. That's a high number. That's a very high number. And so, I mean, like now this is – Good experience, very similar to Georgia Tech and some of these other schools that are playing younger players and they're playing them for the future uh, experience. And so um, I'll just say, you know, offense, defense, our special teams is, you know, is good, it's quite, it's okay. Uh, but just overall, I just think we need a lot of work um, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, we got Clemson this week. Yeah, I I think for me it, it it's um it's you know I, I feel bad for Syracuse man I just don't know what they can do I don't know how they're gonna fix this and well I think I do know how they're gonna fix it. <laughs> coach yeah I think it's gonna that's be, always that's always the fix that's you need to fix man unfortunately uh, it feels like it's inevitable at this point. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Who is your uh, top five this week, Charlie? Well, we got a jump. We got uh, Notre Dame, number one. Yeah. 
We got Clemson, even though they lost, they lost by, you know, three points or whatever it was. I think it was three. And now they, what was, uh, they lost by a touchdown. Um, and we got North Carolina. North Carolina's playing at a, at a high level right now, um, even after their loss to, to Virginia. Uh, they, they rebounded against Duke. Uh, but yeah. I feel like they're finding their way. Um, we got Notre Dame, uh, North Carolina, I mean, Clemson, yeah. North Carolina. Then you have Miami. And it's a toss-up between NC State and Pitt. And oh, you Pitt. All right. Pitt in there because they look like they were on their way back with Kenny Pickett. Um, yeah. The last games with Yellen. Yeah. Uh, who I was hoping we could play against. Uh, you know. You shocked me with that one. What's that? You shocked, you shocked the crowd with that one. They said, oh. Well, like I said, Pitt, they're like um, 5C or, or, or D. Yeah. Uh, because they can – I mean, their defense gives them an opportunity or a chance. Right. Now that we can't pick it back, you know, their offense is, is solid. Um, but you're looking at Virginia Tech, um, NC State, they're yeah. kind of all in that same boat that you don't know uh, what you're going to get each and every week. Uh, and their games have been close. You know, there have been some close losses. So, I just think it's uh, one of those deals where each and every week you just don't – you kind of don't know what what's going to happen. Yeah, my, mine is similar. Uh, I'm definitely going Notre Dame, Clemson. I'm wanting to – I'm going to flip-flop and say Miami uh, is in that third spot with North Carolina being in that fourth spot. But my number five is Boston College. I, I like what they're doing. I like the way they're playing right now. Um this game, I think Barbara College, Notre Dame, this weekend, I believe that's the next game. That's going to be interesting because Notre Dame historically has played down to competition sometimes. That's true. And so I'm wondering, is Notre Dame for real? And are they going to go blow out Boston College like the talent says they can? Or will Boston College – uh, make it hard for them, and will it end up being a trap game for them? So I'm very curious to see. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, where this is going. So, um, want to give my um, heartfelt condolences and love to the Trebek family yes. uh, with the legend Alex Trebek uh, passing on from this earth. Uh, a hard fought battle against stage four cancer. And um, we, we just send one of our love and prayers to, to that family. Uh, I just, I've always been an admirer of Alex Trebek and uh, just the man that he was. And so I just wanted to send that love uh, to him today. Uh, what are your, uh... oh wow, look at this. Now this is a Notre Dame fan. Colin saying that the upset is in effect. I'm shocked, Ron. I'm shocked that you're calling for the upset uh, against. Wow, they look even Marco was shocked. We all shocked about that one. So I'm curious to see. It's gonna be interesting to see what our picks are uh, for uh, Wednesday. I don't know if I'm gonna go that route with you, Ron, but but I'm. I I, I just think Notre Dame's. Unless they have some kind of COVID deal. Well, um, now, listen, that is a possibility. <laughs> the way, the way they charge that field. Um, and by the way, this is completely off the subject. I heard as we were going on the air today that the Alabama LSU game is in jeopardy. Not being played because of uh, LSU's uh, COVID tests are not coming back good. So we may how, see some of that this weekend. Huh? How's LSU test not coming back? They, all their players have had it. Well, I, positive. Well, I mean, maybe maybe they're not over. Yeah, I don't know, but but I, I did hear that some rumors of that today that they, that game was in jeopardy of being played. So 
I'm, I don't know. This is this COVID thing has been quite a ride. So um, I mean, you know, like we said, you know, unless Notre Dame's some of their better players aren't playing, then I can see Boston College giving them a shot. But if defensively, if their player, if best players are playing, has been playing, yeah, uh, there, I don't think they have a. I, I think they won't have a chance. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think if if is barring something health and medical. I, I don't see how BC wins that game. And yes, Marco is confirming that they're saying more LSU players have, have it now. And and every time somebody gets it or is confirmed, you know, that resets the time table. That's resets the clock. So uh same thing with Wisconsin. Wisconsin is uh not necessarily in the clear yet. And so if they can't play this weekend, uh that changed their whole dynamic. So I don't know. It's just a it's it's a crazy year. Uh, and, 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 and at some point here in the next week or so, Charlie, we got to start talking about college basketball and how they're going to manage all this this year. Because they got an even harder set of circumstances than football has. So uh, we're going to get into all of that over this next week. Man, it's been great. A great show, man. A great weekend. My final thoughts are very simple. Again, shout out to DJ Ugalele. And, uh, <laughs> and shout out to Ian Book for uh, putting on a show for us, man. Notre Dame and Clemson, by far, that's the best game I've seen this season. Uh, and I, I really, really enjoyed myself watching that one. I agree. But yeah. those, your last final thoughts. Um, but I'm looking forward to, you know, just, uh, you know, the next week, this week coming up. There are yep. a lot of, uh, a lot of Games that um, may have some promise, like North Carolina Wake Forest. Should be a good one. Should be a good one. A well-rested Wake Forest against North Carolina. This could, this could be the season for North Carolina. That is a game that I am not 100% sure North Carolina is going to win. I can't wait to talk about that on Wednesday. That's true. Yeah. So, listen, I am Lloyd Spence. That is the legend Charlie Ward. We will do this all again. This this will be up on podcast tomorrow morning at noon Eastern, 11 uh, a.m. Central. So if you want to hear this again or if you want to tell your friends about it, let them know. That's what time it will be up. Uh, and then we will be back here on the Noisemakers page on Wednesday at this exact same time. And uh, just doing what we do, having a ball like we always have. That's what we do here. So, uh, man, Charlie, it's always great to see you, man. Appreciate you, brother. How are you, too? All right, that is Believe in the ACC. We'll see you on Wednesday. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook, on the Noisemakers page and on YouTube on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms and we will keep taking you inside the ACC. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.